We open with Ultra Magnus delivering a soliloquy on how peaceful the stars look. Oh god, this is gonna be a good one. I just have a feeling. A Quintesson ship flies by containing... this thing. I guess this is a Quintesson as well, though he only has the one face. Well, whatever. It's a cool design, just a little confusing. This guy's whole shtick is that he wants to capture a bunch of guys to observe. So he starts with Ultra Magnus, disguising his ship to resemble Skylinks. Ultra Magnus, dullard that he is, completely buys it. Next, they decide to test his reaction to betrayal by simulating a Rodimus Prime who acts like a jerk. I really don't see much scientific use for this test. I'm pretty sure they're just being dicks, which is also fine. Just, you know, why hide behind science? Magnus eventually works out that he's being fucked with and tries to shoot his way out of his cell using his, um, blunt red unexplosive projectile, which doesn't do any good, shockingly. The Quintesson ship rockets to Char next and pulls the same crap on Cyclonus, except this time they disguise themselves as that mysterious red ship thing from Five Faces of Darkness. You know, the one that belonged to the Autobots and exploded? Anyway, they mess with him the same way they messed with Magnus, for science. This Decepticon and the Autobot are two of a kind. One is good and one is evil, but to me, that is no difference at all. Ah, moral relativism. Next, they head up the Junkion planet and abduct Rekgar. And since they can't grasp the fact that Junkions are, you know, Autobots, they turn a creepy TV clown against him instead of using Rodimus again. Uh-huh. Rekgar seems much less concerned about his abduction than the others, and once he's junked up his cell a bit, he's more or less content to stay there. Next comes a nice little bit of inter-series continuity. Remember Marissa Fairborn, that swashbuckling lady space hero? Well, the Quintessons send an illusion of her father as bait, and he sounds an awful lot like Flint from G.I. Joe. Plus, Flint's last name was apparently Fairborn, so it might not be direct, concrete evidence, but it's enough for excitable fanboys eager to spot any connection whatsoever. You know, like me. Flint turns into a creepy monster that still speaks with his voice, and the Quintessons are startled to discover that this freaks out Marissa a bit. The next part of their clearly well-thought-out plan is to take Fairborn from her cell to perform wacky experiments on her. Or whatever. But then some kooky escape nuttiness happens, and the ship is plunged into a... Well, the Trekkie in me wants to call it a spatial anomaly, but they call it an electron storm. Which are two words... Well, they're certainly two words. The Quintesson steers out of the thing, then some fighting happens. Then the ship falls into a black hole, which happens all the time without warning. Black holes just sneak up on you in space. They're like stellar ninjas. A black hole is a star that has collapsed in on itself, becoming so dense that neither matter nor light can escape its immense gravity. Yes, yes, thank you for that. I suppose this fulfills the show's educational requirements for the week. The Quintesson attempts to get away in an escape pod. Magnus rips his tentacle ass out of the thing and finds himself blown into space, right in front of a black hole which has no real effect on him apparently, he just sort of floats there waiting to be picked up. He's rescued, oddly enough, by Cyclonus, who gives him the old spiel about how warriors should meet their end in battle. Yeah, these guys are totally evil. Not a noble circuit in their bodies. So they discover some kind of derelict ship, which gets sucked into the black hole ahead of them and explodes. Then they get sucked in and don't explode, for some reason. No, instead their colors are all screwed up, which we all know is the only actual effect of a black hole or possibly lazy Korean animators, which admittedly is an absurd thing to even bring up on this show. Then we spend about 20 minutes on a montage where everyone is friends and repair the ship together, which is exactly as engaging a plot as it sounds like. Then they come back out of the black hole and are rescued by their corresponding people. We traveled from one universe to another and back again, but as citizens of the same galaxy, we're still so far apart. So I guess that's the lesson we learned. How can an episode that dragged so much feel so rushed? 
Nothing really happened here, but it sure did happen for a long time. And now, Ted, it's time for a word from our father, who's come all the way from the planet Junkion! Smile. Now you play the camera insta clicks me. Come inside, Redgar, and say hello to the studio audience.